just open our hands? Lord Jesus, you are the awesome God who is the winner, who is the mighty and glorious and great and beautiful and wonderful one. And Lord, it's to you that we come this morning, Lord, with hearts open, full of gratitude, full of thankfulness, full of openness to receive what you have to speak to us today. Come, now, living word, eternal word, come and speak directly into our lives today from your eternal word. Come and speak now, the living now word that will open us up, Lord, to receive all that you have to share with us today. We bless now. We thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody, again. And uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35, and if you don't have a Bible with you, please use the one located right in front of you. We're going to be covering a lot of text today, all the way from um, Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, all the way through Matthew 10, 42, and that's not the title of the message, but that's all right. Okay, so... Um, there was a, um, a dig that took place. Um, some of you have heard this was found, uh, several years ago in an archaeological dig. And, um, just want to, uh, remind you of what that, uh, what, what was found. And there, there was a letter that was found, uh, in an obscure place, and it was to, uh, Joseph to Jesus, a son of Joseph. And the company that it was sent from was the, uh, his company was the Woodcrafters Carpenter Shop of Nazareth, and it was sent from the Jordan Management Consultants found in Jerusalem, and the subject was a management report. So uh, this letter was written to Jesus saying, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men that you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computers, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. It is the opinion of the staff that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude um, for the type of enterprise that you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capacity. We've summarized the findings of our study below. Simon Peter is emotional, unstable, and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no quality of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We believe it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings. Additionally, they both registered high scores on the manic depressive scale. However, one of the candidates has and shows great potential, a man of ability and resourcefulness, Great networker, has a keen business mind, and has strong contacts in influential circles. He's highly motivated, very ambitious, and adept with financial matters. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and chief operating officer. 
All the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you the utmost success in your new adventure. So it might be if our management consultants today were doing such a search. But aren't you grateful that Jesus wasn't using those consultants when he called his disciples and when he called us? So today we're going to be talking about going on mission. On mission. So hopefully by now you've found in your Bible... Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to begin with verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Going on now to chapter 10, verse 7 verses. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. And these are the names of the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. Uh, This is the only time here that Matthew uses that specific title, Apostle, first Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas of Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of of heaven has come near. So we're going to be looking at three components here this morning. The first of these is this charge of mission. The charge of mission. Now notice what it says here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It tells us that when he saw the crowd, If you are going to go on mission, the first step that you and I need to take is that we need to see. We need to see. It's so difficult in our day and age where there are so many distractions, it is so hard for us to actually see. You know, the, the attention span has now narrowed, and, and television has, has had a huge influence on that, and now, of course, multiple other screens. And by the way, if you've got screens out today, I hope they're focused on the text and not on something else, okay? But the screen is constantly refreshing about every nanosecond, right? And that's about how long you and I have our attention span at this point in history. It's about a nanosecond. And in a nanosecond, it's very difficult to actually see. But Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he actually 
The, the word there it has to do with an, an intent look. It's more than just a glance. It, he gazed. He actually looked beyond what he saw on the surface and on the outside and saw things as they truly were. You and I need to see beyond. So, so we just heard a marvelous presentation from Mike and from, from Julie and David about Som- Som- the Somali adult literacy training and the 70,000 Somali neighbors that we have. Who do you see when you look at those new neighbors? Do you simply see a crowd of veiled women or of men or children, whatever? What, what do you actually see? Jesus saw people as they not only were, but as they could be. And it tells us right after that, that he had compassion on them. Now you've heard me share on this before, but let me just remind you that word compassion is made up of of two root words, the word calm, which means with, the word passion literally means suffering. So when we talk about him coming and showing compassion, it means that he actually entered into the suffering that they were experiencing. The people around us, with their, he saw them as harassed and helpless caught in a treadmill of which they did not have the power to get themselves out of. Looking for love, looking for purpose, looking for something in all the wrong places, and they were like harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. Sheep are not intelligent. When they do not have a shepherd, they scatter into all kinds of places and get into all kinds of trouble. We, like sheep, have all gone astray ourselves. That's how we are before the good shepherd comes and cares for us. And Jesus did not condemn them. No, he looked at them with compassion. All right. And then Jesus says something interesting. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest. And and, and I'm so grateful that Pastor Lidovic shared this morning out of John 4 in the, the fields. They are white as unto harvest. Don't you, can you look and can you see them? Can you see? Pray now for the Lord of the harvest to send harvesters into his field. And here's the, here's the interesting thing that happens often when we pray to ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth harvesters. A lot of times he puts his hand on our shoulder and says, Go. As your heart begins to open up to the fullness of the harvest, he begins to compel you and I to go. I think the youth who just got back from retreat, you were on a retreat, and perhaps this message is just an exclamation point on what you already heard this weekend, because you heard about daring to care and daring to share. So we continue to ask here for the Lord to raise up harvesters. That's why we do our leader and training apprenticeship. And now we're seeing folks going out, 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 more and more and more people being sent 
Because we're asking, we're praying for that to happen. And then there's this receiving that happens when we're going to be going on mission. We receive from the Lord. It says Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority. He gave them what they needed for the mission to which they were called. The Lord gave them authority. To go together. Now this is a critical point here. To go together. Look at Matthew 10 for a moment. Those list of names. And can somebody tell me what you see there in the list of names that you might overlook if you did not pay attention? And, 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 and. There's couplets of names. Every single time there's a couplet with two names. Sending them out, and of course in Luke it makes it very clear, he sent them out two by two. Go together. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So go, but go together. And that you is plural there. I even looked it up in the Greek to make sure that it was. And it was not as you individually go, but as you as a people go, go proclaiming this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So that brings us to our next main point this morning. We've got three of those, so if you're keeping score and keeping notes, this is the second of those. The content of the mission, which is found here, again, the kingdom of heaven is near, and I want you to note this. We've, we've looked at this before, but I, we're going to take it apart for just a moment and, and look at it again more closely here this morning. Because when we are sent... We're sent with this particular mission content. First of all, there is the word of truth, the proclamation, the scripture, the witness, the apologetics. Go back for a moment to 935. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So there is an essential part of the content of what we're going with. So think about it for a moment. I'm I'm going with something on this mission. We're going with, first of all, this word of truth proclaiming. It's It's the scripture. It's our witness, what God has done in our life. Uh, James shared that this morning in the context of worship. He said, whatever is within you, wherever you go, God is going with you. And your witness is one of the powerful testimonies that you have as you go. It's a word of truth. And there's apologetics that are connected to that. That doesn't mean making apologies. What that means is giving an answer for that which you have and been given and that which you are speaking, the truth that you are given. So there is a content around this that's connected to that word of truth. 
Secondly, there are wonders. It could go on in verse 35, and healing every disease and sickness. In Acts, it says, these signs shall follow my word. The, 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 the word of truth is confirmed through signs and wonders, through revelation, through the works of power that Christ does through his people. I was just talking to somebody last night at the wedding reception, visiting with some folks at the table who are ministering in their neighborhood, and they're looking, considering, beginning to pray about the possibility of, I mean, and they're just ministering to lots of folks in their neighborhood of doing a healing night because a number of neighbors are coming, sharing physical need that they have. They said, wouldn't it be cool, revival breakout here, you know, right in the neighborhood? Through the release of the power of God, he has given us authority to go in his name. And a lot of times we're, we're so reluctant to pray. I, I'll tell you, one of the things that praying through all of the streets of St. Paul has been doing for me on the mission St. Paul is, is it, it, it really brings me out of my comfort zone to, to say, you know, when people are walking by, to pay attention. I'm, so I'm seeing people, I'm looking, I'm caring, and then I'm willing to pray. I'll just simply go up to, you know, I'll walk up to just about anybody. Well, in fact, I will walk up to anybody and just say, is there anything that I can pray with you about? And I'm telling you, people have poured out stories to me. I mean, there have been intersections where it is clearly a divine appointment from God. And I pray right there. I don't just, okay, I'll go and take that and we'll put it on the prayer chain. I'm going to pray with you now. Trusting that God, the God of the universe, will do something in your situation. I don't know what it will be, but I know that he is able and I know that he loves you. And by the way, speaking of Mission St. Paul, just to clarify, yes, we usually meet on Tuesday morning. We're meeting Thursday evening at 6.30 at Frontier Fellowship because we want to open it up for people whose work schedules do not allow them to come in the morning. We're only going to be doing this quarterly. So if you can come and join us for a quarterly prayer gathering over at Frontier Fellowship, you would be most welcome. In fact, I hope that you'll come and join us because it's going to be a powerful time of prayer with Pastor Julie Jacobs. You've met Pastor Julie. She's glorious, wonderful person. And we're praying for the east side. And I don't know if you've been noticing, but there's just a lot of stuff happening in our city right now. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff that we need to be out there continuing to pray. So please join us Thursday night, 6.30. All right. And then the final part, the final plane of this triangle is the works of love, compassion and justice. They will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. I say that again? They will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. Can I say that again? They will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. So it's the compassion, it's the justice, it's God's love demonstrated. It's Jesus with the towel around his waist and the bait waste and the basin of water washing his disciples feet washing the feet of those and we do that in so many ways so we invite you 
And there's so many opportunities here at Bethel to do that. There's so many ways that we get the opportunity to demonstrate God's love, even through a simple thing like the trunk or treat that we're doing. That's just a very simple way of demonstrating care to the community. It's a way to keep that door open. We love our community, and actually, as I talk to neighbors, they love us too, because we're here and we're doing things that actually influence and impact for good our city. That's the content of mission. So, one more. Those of you keeping score at home, we now have the challenge of mission. So, come with me as we listen now to the rest of this. I'm going to read. It's a fairly substantial part of Scripture, but then I'm going to unpack it quickly for us this morning. Listen to what Jesus says. Verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker's worth is keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard and you'll be handed over to the local council and be flogged in their synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house had been Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? So don't be afraid of them, for there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I'll acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. Don't suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly 
not lose their reward. Okay, now, Jesus gives us some pretty significant challenges here. There's some hard sayings. There's, first of all, he, there's some restrictions that Jesus puts upon the mission. The restriction here, in, it, Jesus sent out the 12 with the following instructions. And the instructions are simply basically this. We are called to go where he tells us to go, bring what he tells us to bring, do what he tells us to do, and say what he tells us to say. In another place in Scripture, in 2 Corinthians, it says that we are ambassadors. Well, an ambassador of a country is not free to go wherever, you know, well, I'm just, you know, I really think that I'm called to the French Riviera. And I'm pretty sure I have a beach opportunity there that I'm supposed to be doing. And so I'm going to pack my bag with, no, right? As an ambassador, you go where your president, where the person who's in charge, whatever they're called, tells you where to go. And you bring what they tell you to bring, and you do what they tell you to do, and they say what you tell them to say, what he or she tells you to say. Correct? So... Jesus is our king. Here is our king. Here is our God. Love that song. That also means he's the king. He rules. And the one who rules makes the rules. He tells us what to do. We're going to experience resistance. I love, you know, th these are the kinds of, of sayings of Jesus that we, that just make us just a little uncomfortable. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Well, Jesus, how is that going to go? That just doesn't sound like it's going to end well, does it? I mean, come on. Sheep among wolves. And the wolves are like, yes, yes, her. So that's why we're called to go with wisdom and innocence. I... I can't get my mind around this, and, and I'm, I, I need to pray into this more, and I need you to help me, and maybe some of you will have some insights that you can share with me. How is it that we do this? Go with wisdom and innocence. Because they seem, wisdom feels like somehow on an opposite pole, but Jesus is putting them together as two sides of the same coin. We're going with wisdom and innocence, with prudence and piety, with shrewdness and transparency. This is a work only he can do in us. It's the only way that as sheep, you're going to survive among the wolves. So maybe spend some time praying into that alongside of me, and maybe you'll have some insights that will help me. How is it that we can walk in wisdom and innocence at the same time. Prudence and piety, shrewdness and transparency. Retribution. Isn't this good? You'll be hated by everyone because of me. Now, I have, have any of you seen that bumper sticker yet on anybody's car? 
You know, right next to the fish, you will be hated by everyone because of me. I am hated <laughs> by everyone. But the reality is, is that there's going to be resistance, and then we're surprised. We wonder, oh, no, what are we doing wrong? Nobody likes us. But here's what we're called to do in response to that. It's right here in the text. I'm not going to go back and reread it. Please stay in the text, though. Right here in chapter 10, we're called to stand firm, flee when necessary, Remain fearless because we're under our Father's care. Just as he knows the very sparrows, how he knows the hairs on your head, you are under your Father's care. Even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of retribution. If you stand with him, those who turn away, Jesus says, I turn away from those who turn towards me, I will continue to turn towards them. And rejection. This is just so cheery, Pastor. I'm just walking out encouraged today because I know that I'm going to have restrictions and I know that I'm going to experience all this resistance and retribution and rejection. Woo! Come on, preach it, Pastor. I did not come to bring you peace but a sword. Well, there's one you don't hear preached on too often. Brother against brother and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. All kinds of kids against parents. But in the middle of that, Jesus gives us this instruction. He says we're called to keep him at the center. Listen to this carefully. Jesus is to be at the center, not our kin, or our culture, or our comfort. We keep him at the center when we take up our cross and lose our life for his sake. Jesus did not call us so that we could be comfortable. I'm sorry. In spite of what you might have heard on TV or some other place, this is not Jesus' call. He challenges us to place him at the center of everything. Your priorities are not a list with Jesus at the top or God at the top and then whatever else you put below that. No, your priorities are a wheel and Jesus is at the center. So everything that you do centers around him. Not just here. The reality is not just here on Sunday morning. It's also on Monday morning at work and at school and Sunday afternoon at home while you're cheering on the Vikings or whatever it is you're doing. Keeping Jesus at the center. Finally, the call of mission, and I went ahead and read through that as well. But let me just remind you what it says here. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So here is the good news. At the end, finally, as Jesus is sending them out here, on mission, he finally gets to this good news, and the good news is that we are called to represent Jesus to a wounded and waiting world, and that there will be 
Those who receive us in our message and therefore who receive him. There will be, say there will be, there will be those who receive the message. So don't give up because there will be. For those of you that are working with Somalia adult literacy training, here's the word of the Lord to you. There will be those who welcome you and therefore who welcome him. Those of you in your workplace, there will be. In your neighborhood, there will be. In your family, there will be. In your school, there will be. Those who welcome. And such is the good news of the Lord. Jesus, you've called us to be a house of prayer for all nations. Lord, we are grateful that you've given us the privilege of ministering to the nations, not only around the world, but right here in our city. And Lord, we recognize that there are people groups that are still yet to be gathered to your house and to your kingdom. Lord, would you use us to reach those who have not yet been reached? Lord God, I pray that you would quicken in each heart, even today, Lord. You would quicken in hearts right here, right now. Lord, to be on mission with you, Lord. That you would give us eyes to see the crowds as they truly are. That you would give us hearts of compassion. That we would pray and receive and go together, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. To bring your word. To release your power. To, to be your hands and feet, Lord, in the world. God, we want to go where you tell us to go. We want to do what you tell us to do. We want to say what you tell us to do. Lord, we want to do nothing outside of you. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And Pastor Lidovic's going to do the benediction, so just keep your hands open as he does. Yes, Lord. As you leave to this place... give you peace and the peace that I give you is not come from the world do not let your heart be troubled go and make disciples to all nations go in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be blessed have a blessed day